welcome everybody to Kenter at your own risk. This is Kent. Uh, I'm back with Chris. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 2. Uh, today's date is April 26th. And I got all the boring stuff done in like 20 seconds. So, Chris, how the hell are you? Uh, well, I'm actually doing pretty shitty this week. An outbreak of my shingles come back, so that's been fucking killing me. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. Sorry that- to bring you down right at the start. I've had a shitty week, but then you just kind of put everything in perspective for me, so uh, that that's cool. I can't complain too much, though. I only get a flare-up about once every four or five years, so... This is my penance. I, I've had, like, a week where, like, nothing major, but it's been, like, just a series of minor things that have, like, gotten me to the point where I'm, like, it's just going to be one of those weeks, and you, just, you accept it, and you just look forward to the following week type thing at this point. Yeah, like I had some family come down to visit, and the other day I wanted to go into the hot tub, and it's just like I can't go into the hot tub because my fucking shingles. So now I gotta sit here and sweat while all the rest of you are in the pool and in the hot tub and having fun, and I'm looking miserable. You just described my entire life. Yeah, a little itchy, <laughs> a little sweaty. <laughs> well, I definitely always got the sweaty thing going down. <laughs> Ah, uh, being fat, it's great. I, I'll tell you, I, I got myself a, a new phone this week. I got a Samsung Galaxy S9, which is by far the nicest phone I, I've ever owned. And immediately, uh, like, you know, you get a new phone and, like, it asks you for your Gmail account so it can sync up your shit. Nope, it won't accept it. It goes into, like, this vicious circle. I tried a few times factory reset it because you know i'm one minute into the process and had to factory reset it three times had to make up my own google account then i could put my original google account in and that was just the beginning like i put a screen protector on within a an hour like the screen protector shattered in my hand like you know spider web cracked shit like what is like this phone's cursed i'm i'm convinced so that's you been, shattered a screen protector in your bare hand. Yeah, dude, I was holding it and what I was texting. What were you doing texting. to your phone, <laughs> dude? I, I was like trying to uh, text somebody, like on Facebook, I think it was, and then, like next thing I know, it just like cracked. I'm like, what, what the fuck? What were, you, what were you texting them? You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I I don't think I had a little bit of banner in me, but maybe I did. I, I don't know. It, oh. it was just. It was ridiculous. And this, this phone brings out the gamma radiation in me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God damn it. And, and then like, I ordered like two other, like I was just like, fuck it, I'm going to order different screen protectors. And they were all, all three that I ordered were like different, different listings on Amazon. They all came from the same motherfucking company, all had the same box, the same exact logos and everything. I'm like, really? So, Yeah. It's, it's been just irritating. So that's my gripe. Like I said, yours is far, far more yeah. personal, but that's been my bitterness. Uh, so with that being said, though, I was not unhappy with this week's episode. Not, not that I really went into it expecting to be up. Uh, unhappy, no. but no, uh, like like we said right before we started, uh, I don't see, you know, how they're going to be able to throw everything I would like to see 
into the rest of the season with only four episodes left, but I liked it. You know, it I, if they could, if they could get through seventy seventy five percent of what you want to see, will that leave you happy? Oh, as long as the ending isn't like a shitty ending or a fucking gimmick ending, I think I'll be happy. Because there's there's just been so much good over the course of this season, uh, not just the season, but the course of the entire show, that um, you know, I can overlook the bad here and there, you know, or the the break in here and there and the plot and what have you, you know, as long I, as they as they stick the ending, that'll definitely hit it for me. I I, I need a couple loose ends, not all loose ends, because. No TV show ever really does every single loose end. But a few would be nice, and then, yeah, they just need a satisfying ending, which basically means have the Night King win and kill everybody. That's satisfying. If that actually happened, I think people would hate me. So, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I, mean, I mean, you know, talk about, like, defying expectations, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> that would be one way to do it. <laughs> that would be a way of doing it. Yes, sir. Um, all right. So let's get on with it, and then we'll uh, quickly do a whatever review at the very end here. Uh, basically, we're just going to go scene by scene. I took copious notes, and some of it's more boring than others, but a lot of it's pretty damn good. So... We start off with uh, Jamie kind of like on trial in front of everybody. Danny's immediately being a, a bitch to Jamie and Tyrion. Uh, Bran kind of got out the, the things we do for love line. Bran steps up for Jamie, puts everybody in their place. Sansa gets on board, so then Danny's like, I don't want to be the biggest bitch in the room. So then, you know, she's hoping John backs her up, but he doesn't. And then she's like, well, very well. And uh, there was a cool little stare down with Jamie and Grey Worm. And <laughs> then Danny looks to John and he immediately ducks the fuck out. And that was probably the first five minutes of this show. What were your thoughts? Uh, all right. Well, I, I was like, wow, I didn't expect him to start already mid-trial. Or whatever you want to call it. Um it wasn't. It wasn't. No, it was a. It was a good scene. Um, yeah, for, I would say Danny was less about being bitchy to Jamie, but definitely bitchy to Tyrion. You know, I mean, at this point, I think she's got a little um, justified reaction to the. You know, the dude who, no matter how you want to look at, like, was her her dad crazy? Was he really? Cra you know, this is the dude who pledged to serve him and then stabbed her stabbed him in the back now he's pledging to serve her he's like is he gonna fucking stab me in the back you know is history gonna repeat itself here sure and how much how much use is he gonna be with one fucking hand and no army like he promised he would be coming with so I gotta tell you I, I thought one of the most positive things I could do was to rewatch this whole series so that I would be a more competent individual doing these podcasts what it has done has turned me into such a Daenerys hater. It's ridiculous. Like now, like anytime, like she even like gives like a cross eye, like anything, I'm just like, nope. Like I get really kind of pissy because now I'm like remembering things from the past. I'm like, I just, 
this this third go around watching it for me has like just completely like ah I don't know I don't like her anymore and like I can actually see like the time where like oh, it made l- sense to like when, her at first when she came out you know she was the underdog yeah yeah you know, and and over the course of time she swapped and instead of being a better character than what she was now she's kind of taking on a lot of those traits and the people that she used to fucking uh want to protect her subjects from so it, you know i'll even go so far as to say like you can almost for me looking back now i can pinpoint that i completely forgave her when she had that witch try to heal cal drogo right like you 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 can put yourself in her shoes and you're like all right you understand why she did what she did and it was like a forgivable thing but now looking back i'm like well she keeps like saying she won't forgive this person that person but she keep like she did so many fucked up things on her journey that she's kind of just a hypocritical bitch in my opinion see and i wonder how much of that would be different in the books because uh the whole thing that went down in marine towards the end you know before uh, the very last part where, you know, she ends up taking the whole slaver's army of ships um, is going to be different if he ever finishes the books than it was on the show because of the way shit went down. Uh, you know, characters who died in the show are still alive in the books and so on. So, Really? Hmm. Oh, like, okay, you remember the dude that she had to marry in order to make peace with the, the Sons of the Harpy or whatever they were called? Yeah. In the book, he turns out to be the harpy. Oh, okay. And instead of dying when they attack in the arena, she flies off on Drogon. Barristan Selmy's still alive, and uh, he figures it out, and he uh, braces the guy in the, his bedroom. And the dude has, like, two of the um, pit-fighting gladiator champions with him who are his Kingsguard. And uh, they both attack, like, the 70-year-old Barristan Selmy, and Barristan kills both of them and then fucking executes that dude, you know, in the name of Daenerys, and takes over as the head of the council until she comes back. Because at this point, Tyrion has just finally gotten to the city, but he hasn't met uh, What's-Her-Face still. And same thing, Jorah's gotten back there with the Grayscale, but he hasn't uh, hooked back up with Daenerys yet either, so. Barristan was such a great... Character. Dude, dude, like, he was such a. Like, when I read that in the book, and it's like, they really do a good job of, like, showing, like, how wisdom and experience can trump, you know, just physicality in that fight. Um, and he's just, like, a good. He's, like, the epitome of, like, a paladin. You know, he's, like, the knight who honor and truth mean more than his own. Uh, uh, mean, his. Legion's honor and truth mean more than like his own honor, you know. So that was why he was willing to give up and leave when Joffrey, you know, booted him out and shit. So, so I, it'll be interesting, like I said, if he ever writes it and see how shit changes. So, I think in a lot of like popular show, shows, especially, there's always like that popular father, grandfather, uncle type figure. Like, one of those three are almost always in, like, a popular TV show. And, like, Barristan was, like, the epitome of, like, the lovable grandfather figure, but, like, it didn't... You know what I mean? Like, the idyllic image of, there's, like, this There's a lot of guy. that in this show, I think. Yeah, there really is. I think, I think Davos fits that role a lot, too. 
mm-hmm. you know, the older guy with good advice and like the uh, the, the morality <laughs> compared to. And of course, Tywin. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, uh, maybe not so much the morality. <laughs> no. You know what though? I gotta say. You know, if, like I, I always loved if, Tywin. Like, Barristan but... and and Davos were like Zuko's uncle. Then Tywin was like Zuko's dad. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I look back. And I'm like, I always liked Tywin, and now that I'm rewatching it again, I'm like, God damn it! Tywin may be in my top five favorite characters. He's. A, that dude is just such a fucking awesome actor. I love him, and like every time I see him, it's something. Did you see him in a? I think it's like a horror type movie called Patrick. Uh, yeah, that was the one about the dude in the mental institution, right? And he was the um, one of the like the head psychologist or whatever it was. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I, I wanted to see it, and I, I know that he's in it, and I yeah, it looks good. Ever since the Golden Child, back when he was Sardu Numspa. Ah, well, there we go. Um, you know, one thing, I, just to go back to the scene quickly, is uh, I really enjoyed, for some reason, like, the quick two seconds of, like, Grey Worm and Jamie having, like, the little stare down. I don't know why, but I really liked that for some reason. Some, sometimes I wish I had, like, my own, like, Mystery Science Theater 3000 group with me watching shit when I was watching it, because, cause, like, when you said, when... When Brand's like, the things we do for love, I wish somebody had been like, oh, no, we didn't! <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised that... I mean, I know Riff Tracks is popular, but I'm, I'm really surprised more of that stuff doesn't exist based on how much everybody loved Mystery Science Theater. Yep. But, alright, let's move on. Second scene, uh, Danny bitches out Tyrion, says that he was full, and that she may need a new hand... That will help her take the throne, and Tyrion suspects that he's going to lose his role, and quite frankly, this is going to be an ongoing story. I think three more scenes, at least in this episode, but I mean, basically it plants the seeds for what comes later on in the episode, right? Yeah, most of it. Alright. Um, after that, Arya visits Gendry, asks about her weapon, I, I like the fact, like, it was interesting. He suggested that Arya stay down in the crypt, and uh, she was not having that. And uh, that, she just wants her weapon to be made. And I, once again, it's kind of like a thing that's going to be, we're going to come back to. Uh, I don't know if there's really much to talk about on that. I, I, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I really don't think Arya should be in in the combat. I mean,. People want to act like she's such a fucking badass, but really, like, all she did was get the shit kicked out of her for, like, a season by, you know, the waif. She's never really had to fight with other people. Is the waif officially dead? I can't remember. I feel like they made it seem like she was, but is she officially dead? I know. I don't fucking... Dude, who the hell... It's hard to tell with those, because, like, who the hell knows if, like, she died or somebody else with that face died or... Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I mean, Arya... Arya is a badass in her own right, and I think everybody would agree with that, but on a battlefield, she has not... She hasn't experienced any battlefield time, right? No, I mean, she's... Like, literally, she's fought with the Waif, and she dueled with that dude back, you know, uh, whatever his name was, Sorel, in season one. 
uh, the dance instructor who was training her to use the sword. Yeah. And Serial uh, Frill. Serial <laughs> Frill, that's it. And um uh you know, she had the one spar with Brienne, but that's it. Like she's just basically just been like an assassin. Yeah, I mean she's, she killed would, poor innocent Walder Frey. I would say she's a badass assassin, but there's a lot of difference between sneaking up and stabbing somebody when they're not ready and you know trying and, to trying to demand a woman up against zombies. Realistically, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I don't see her playing... A, obviously, they're going to give her a role for this fight, but realistically, you don't expect her to be... Like, she's not going to be the one that gets behind the fucking Night King and assassinates him. If anything, her bigger role comes against Cersei, wouldn't you think? Uh, I mean, there's. I see there's three, three things with Arya that could possibly happen. A, somebody, like somebody was saying in our blog... Um, She's the one who kills the Night King. You know, that's what the whole weapon was for. Uh, somebody else said, you know, Jamie dies and she's going to take his face and kill Cersei that way. Or she dies. I don't, I don't really see a fourth option. I think those are basically the three paths Arya has to walk. In which one we get is going to just depend on what the writers wanted. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, I think... Uh I don't know. I, I I think she's just gotta stay around long enough to to deal with Cersei, and then I, I, I obviously there's more that we'll talk touch on later with Arya. But yeah, um, moving on. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Jamie's in at least half of the scenes in this episode, which is something I want to touch on at the end. But probably uh, too to make up for the fact that he wasn't in anything but the last thirty seconds in the first episode. That or you know, my other theory. But uh, Jamie meets up with the uh, with Bran, the three E R, and uh, apologizes. And uh, I, the here the most one of the more interesting things from this whole episode was Bran acknowledged that they need Jamie Jamie for this battle, but then you know Jamie asks about afterwards, and Bran is like. How do you know that there's even going to be an afterward? So is that a hint de hint hint that Jamie's going to get got in this fight? Uh, I don't I don't necessarily think so, and I'll tell you why when we get later on. But um, okay, I, I I thought that was I don't know for for me uh, if I had to pick like five interesting parts of this whole episode, I think that was one of them because. I feel like you almost have to read into damn near everything Bran says, and I, I feel that was intentional. Like, I, I think it's intentional that they make us think that we have to read into everything Bran has to say. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, then another scene with with Jamie and Tyrion. Uh, I enjoyed the people like being all pissy and like spitting, <laughs> and then Tyrion vouches for Danny and. They talk about Cersei's pregnancy being for real. Um, then one of them says we're going to die in Winterfell. At least Cersei won't get to kill me. Okay, that was Tyrion that said that. Uh, Jamie sees Brienne, talks to her, and he wants to go under her command. And I'll finish this off by saying I did not know that 
I, I never put it together, and then I like looked it up when I was rewatching. I didn't realize that Podrick was related to Illin. Yeah. They're distant cousins. With that being said, does, <laughs> I, I, uh, this conversation didn't confirm anything for me about the pregnancy because I, I how does Jamie know any better than anybody else whether Cersei's pregnant? Do you, do you think this makes it so or are you still skeptical? Uh, I think it makes it so just because uh, out of everybody in all of Westeros, if there's anybody that can tell when Cersei's lying to him, it should be Jamie. I, I would agree with that. That's a good, yeah. fair point. Like, like, even if she lives, I don't think there's any way that that baby's going to fucking make it to, to full term. But No, Maggie will rise up from her grave and fucking kill before that baby gets born. That prophecy has to stand. Or how fucked up would it be if like Maggie shows up and she's like, all the fucking choices you made, all the fucking bullshit that you went through in your life. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, seriously, like, really? I fucking lived my whole life based on your fucking prophecy. Really, lady? <laughs> oh, that would that'd be solid, man. <laughs> <laughs> she, gets, she gets a letter as everybody in her family's dead and she's ascending to the throne as the queen and it says... Hey, by the way, all the blood you've spilt in your family, I lied. <laughs> Maggie Q. <laughs> Maggie, for, Maggie F. <laughs> oh, God, Maggie. I'm, <clears throat> I'm, let's see, I'm one episode away from seeing that episode. I'm on season, the season finale of season four. I'm pretty sure it's the season premiere of season five. With the prophecy at the very beginning, if I'm not mistaken. So, I'm looking forward to seeing that again. <coughs> uh, <coughs> anything from... I don't know, I felt like this... It was all fine. It just you know, just moved the story along. Nothing really groundbreaking in these scenes. What Was there anything for you? No, no. I think... Um, just just a good scene. Yeah, I think most of the, the best stuff occurred later on. I agree. Um, all right, so next we got uh, Danny and Jorah. Basically, Jorah kind of back in Tyrion and, you know, saying it was, he was the right decision, even though Tyrion kind of took Jorah's role. And, you know, Danny still bitching. And then uh, Jorah suggests that she speaks with Sansa. And then, you know, I, I think this was one of the bigger scenes was her and Sansa talking. Uh, Sansa vouches for Tyrion being a good guy. Danny says that Tyrion shouldn't have trusted Cersei. And Sansa turns that back around and says that, uh, you know, she, should have known, she shouldn't have trusted her either. Um, then, of course, there was the, hey, we're both really strong women rulers. Yay, 2019. And... Uh, then the men do stupid things for women. They are easily manipulated by women. And Danny kind of like does the whole thing about how, well, who's the one manipulating who? I'm over here fighting John's war. And, uh, you know, then fucking Maester Walken interrupts. Um, 
and then there was two things that I wanted to really kind of discuss here. Um, I, I, I want to know, um, Danny says that John is only the second man in her life true to his word. And I'm sitting there thinking, and, and she said someone taller is the other one. So my first question quickly is, who's the first man? Is it Jorah, Dario, Barristan, Drogo, somebody else? No, well, she was talking about people she loved too, so it's Drogo. Okay. And I think the more interesting thing here was Sansa asked, you know, what happens after they defeat the dead because the North, you know, promised that they weren't going to bow. I feel really vindicated because I want to say I brought this up like two or three times in the blog last week. Yeah, you did. So uh, have your Gendry moment here, Chris. (laughs) All right, I'm good. (laughs) It's sad that, like, the moments are so short-lived the older you get. (laughs) Yeah. As a kid, like, you've had, like, a fucking three-hour party over it. Now it's just like, ha-ha. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh. <laughs> it, it was a great... I, I really liked the scene, even though I don't like Sansa oh. or Danny. It was a, a really good scene. I was, was, I was like, okay, she's actually taking somebody's advice and doing something smart. And then, like, you just see it collapse, like, between the... I'm like, oh, you guys are fucking... Both of you dumbasses. Yeah... And god damn it, I, I just ah oh, powerful women rulers. I'm just sitting there like, oh god, I did not need that. Like, just different wording would have made that seem slightly better for me, but it had to be that way. I know it did. It just it got the reaction it was supposed to get from me. Uh and basically, I mean, just because this kind of rolls right into that scene, Fuckhead shows up and he reveals what Yara's doing and then he wants to fight for Winterfell. And Sansa's just like, yeah, sure, let's fucking get Theon back on board. And Danny's like, the fuck? So, in my opinion, Sansa and Theon fucking just deserve each other. Like, that's where I'm at. I, I really am fine with them deserving each other. What, what are your thoughts on this? I, I was just laughing because, like, I'm watching the scene and you get to look from Danny like, how the fuck do you know Theon? And, uh, you know, you realize that she's never seen them together. You know, she didn't see the scene where John, you know, plastered him when he fucking came in. I don't think she did, if I remember correctly. Uh, so she doesn't, I don't think she realized, you know, Theon grew up in fucking Winterfell and all that shit. I forgot about that scene that you just mentioned Huh. Yeah, I, I, I remember it now that you mentioned it, but yeah, I completely had forgotten about that. That's uh I, I, once again I'm just gonna say rewatching the series, you know, cause I have such a shit memory, now everything's kinda come back to, to light and I'm just like Wow. There I don't know what Theon could do to to have an actual redemption arc because He's really one of the worst people in the... I, I, I almost got to side with Joffrey over fucking Theon. If I... Joffrey was just raised to be that way. Theon was just a fucking tool. Uh, he... Basically, he was a fucking hostage. And for all, Ned treated him like a son. You know, and he got along with Rob. Everybody else in... in uh, Winterfell treated him like shit when he was growing up. 
Do they go more in depth on that in the book? Oh yeah, oh yeah. He was fucking. He was always made to be like. Like that, he really took a lot of it out on John, and you know, fucking always reminding him that he was a bastard and that he was an outsider and everything. And a lot of that was because he was just relaying the shit that everybody else said about him. Because you know, like all the people who's had family die when the Iron Islands invaded back, you know, in the day when they put him down and took him as a hostage. And then not only that, but when they gave him up, his family disowned him. So they're like, you're fucking dead to us now. I feel like the show, especially like the first few episodes, tried painting that picture with Theon, but they didn't have enough time or didn't know exactly how to paint that picture, whereas yeah. the book could. So from, you know, just visually from the show, Theon just seems like a prick, but I'm sure from the book, it makes him a lot more... No, no, don't get me wrong. He was a prick, and he was a, you know... All that shit, but you know there was a little bit of reason to it. But it was justifiable he, in some. He way. doesn't really become sympathetic until you see him. You know, because you you see him uh, take Winterfell. Because I don't think I don't think he's ever a point of view character until maybe like book five, and then wow. um, you, then when you see him from a point of view, he's Reek. He's not even Theon anymore, and you real like they. Ramsey did way more shit than they to him than they actually showed in the show. Like he flayed some of the skin from his fingers. So t- he lost a bunch of his fingers because they just died because they had no skin and they kept getting infected and stuff. So, you know, besides ah. also cutting off his penis. Ramsey, now there was a fucking gangster, man. I, I, I liked Ramsey the first time I watched this, and now that I'm watching it again, I'm like, there's something. It's just because of my hate towards Theon. It's not that I'm saying Ramsey's a good person. It's just since I don't like Theon, you know, the enemy of my enemy type situation. Just, just saying. You know what I would love to see is way more like um, genre crossovers with fantasy. Because Ramsey reminds me of like the start of like having a serial killer in a fucking fantasy scenario. Yeah, I could. I could see that. Like, Ramsey checks the boxes of so many, like, various genres I'm into. Like, I, granted, like, I can't help it. Like, honestly, I think about wrestling far too often. I'm just like, that guy would be the greatest heel of all time type fucking thing. Uh, Although, I mean, jo- Joffrey would be the million-dollar man Ted DiBiase if we're going to, you know, make a comparison. How many people would want to wrestle him if after the match he cut off the penis? I mean, come on. Well, how many people wanted to wrestle Rikishi after he fucking jammed their face in his ass? Uh, I mean... I, I can survive with pink eye. <laughs> <laughs> but what about brown eye? Well, I mean, I have one of those, too. So. Fair enough. Uh, all right, let's move on. Um, I, this was actually one of my favorite scenes of the whole episode. Davos was serving up the food... And the guy's like, hey, and a lot of us aren't soldiers. And Davos kind of gives his little speech about Blackwater and shit like that. And then you see Gilly directing traffic. And then the little girl gets the food and she's like, yo, which way do I go? Am I going to be a soldier? Am I going down the crypt? And she wants to fight. And Gilly convinces her to go down the crypt to protect. And at that point, I hadn't, you know, that's only halfway at 
probably like 20, 25 minute mark. I already declared that little girl to be the MVP of this particular episode for me. Although there is another candidate, obviously, later. Uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like, uh, I didn't even think about the fact that she probably reminded him of Shireen with the, the scarring on her face until uh, I saw... Oh, yeah. I saw somebody post that in the blog. I was like, oh, yeah, you know what? That probably probably hit home for him, too. But yeah, no, I like that scene. I, I liked um, what they did with Gilly, especially because this is the first time we've seen her this season, and um, what they did with Davos. Like, he's one of my favorite... Like, I, I have, I'm just waiting for him to die because he's, like, a good person. You know, like... He's, he's, he's like a moral Ned, compass. He's like a Ned Stark, and so he can't survive in this world. Yeah, Moral compasses do not last in these shows. And Davos, I don't know how he survived, how he never got burned up by fucking Melisandre, who's still absent. But, uh, yeah, Davos has consistently been just a great character, well-written. I'm really not looking forward to seeing the Shireen episode. I'm really, I may actually fast forward during that scene. I really hated that particular scene. So, but, uh, yeah, I, I love this scene. And, uh, after that, we had, uh, <laughs> we had Ed, Tormund, uh, Beric all return. And, of course, Tormund asked about the big woman, and I feel like everybody watching had a little smile on their face. Oh, not only that, it's just, it was a nice scene to show, like, how real the relationships in the North are. Yeah. You know, like everybody's, Jamie shows up, everybody's like clapping hands and they're all standing on like, even fucking Tormund shows up and he, he interrupted that fucking hug between, uh, Ed and John and, you know, he, John was still happy to get the fucking hug from him. So, I mean, you, you get the real feeling that these all people are really friends, you know? I mean, I mean Tormund's basically like that frat guy that everybody still likes. Like, he, he can be a little obnoxious, a little bit, you know, a little too much, but you still gotta love the guy, kind of. Yeah. He should, yeah. Um, yeah, I, once again, I, I liked it. Um, the next scene was possibly, like, one of the most star-studded scenes in the show's history, because pretty much every big character, with the exception of, like, you know, Cersei's uh, crew. I would, I would say every minor character with, like, a, two main characters. But you're, you're basically missing out on all the Starks, all the Targaryens, all the Baratheons. Okay, everybody that's yeah. alive at this point, though. Yeah. Is pretty much there. Um, and... You know, Brandon talks about how the Night King's going to be coming for him. So oh, now, I'm sorry. Know. I'm sorry. I was thinking of the wrong scene. My, my bad. Ah, you're, okay. you're right. You're right. Okay, continue. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, we're at the scene with John giving the speech. We're going to edit that. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I would say, you know, they're, they're making strategy about how everything's going to go. Danny gives the order of Tyrion to stay in the crypt because he is important. Um, and I, I would say the big part of the, the biggest thing about this was about Bran and how the Night King is marked in. The Night King knows where he is. And I think it was John that said, you know, that they got to keep the dragons close, close to Bran 
not so close to the battlefield, which obviously is going to be a huge difference maker in the next episode. I, I think that was some obvious foreshadowing. Uh, the whole thing about getting rid of Brand gets rid of history. I, I liked everything going on here. And then Tyrion and Bran had had their little chat at the end. Uh, John took off without talking to Danny again. Um, Varys had no lines yet a fucking again. Um, Do you really just identify with him because he's bald? I'll, I'm going to go on record and say that Varys has been the one consistent person that has been looking out for the realm this whole time. Even when he, like... I, and I didn't pick up on this as much, because early on, especially like the first time watching it, because you see Varys kind of under the... You know, for so many seasons under... In, in King's Landing, kind of serving under the Lann Lannisters... You just kind of see him as kind of like a, a not a great character, not not a positive character. But then, like I rewatch it, I'm like, no, he's been. I don't know. I almost feel like he's one of the bigger good guys in the whole. Well, show. Think, think about it like this: like, what would have been different if Varys had decided to include Ned in what was going on instead of excluding him and being one of the people who led to him getting killed? Varys would have got got. You think so? I, I think because Ned was Ned was too noble, too whatever for his own good. And I think that was the big thing that they wanted to expound on, and they still continue to. But I mean, you know, that was the big thing. Ned is too honorable for his own good, and that's what happened. And I think I think Varys knew that. No matter what he did for Ned, it wasn't going to be enough to save him. So Varys had to look out for Varys. Well, I mean, but Varys is here supporting Danny, and yet Ned was the one who was like, hey, don't fucking send assassins over there to fucking kill her. Just fucking leave her alone. I mean, you send assassins, you're no better than her fucking crazy father. Yeah, uh, I can see that. I, 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 mean, I don't all, know, man. All Varys had to do would be like, hey, Ned. Littlefinger is manipulating your wife. And hey, guess what? The whole fucking situation turns out way different than it fucking... It would have. Because, yeah, Ned was noble, but Ned also wasn't fucking stupid. I agree. I, I, if I'm in Varys' shoes, I think I still do what he did. Uh, I don't know. It, that's a tough... It's That's a tough proposition... I'm still going to side with Varys on but, this, but but in that good. case, is he really defending the realm, or is he just defending himself? I think it'll, that's a good another good question. I'm still going to say he's defending the realm. It it was kind of like uh, I don't know. It's almost like kind of realizing that there's going to be a shit storm before things can get good. Kind of ideology versus trying to make everything good in that moment. I don't know what the right answer is there. Yeah. Imagine what would have happened if instead of the entire Seven Kingdoms going to war and you have Highgarden dead, uh, uh, the Stormlands just decimated, you know, the Dorne without leadership, uh, the North fucked up, you know, along with uh, the Riverlands, uh, Casterly Rock bankrupt, uh, you know, the, the th thrown in huge debt to the Iron Bank and the wall down and, you know, the wildlings invading. 
if instead you had worked with somebody to curb Robert until he died and then brought Danny over, uh, you know, while undermining Cersei and Littlefinger in the court. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there'll be a lot less people dead and dying in the next couple of episodes. I, I agree, but I don't think... I I don't think that... I, I think if... If things play out slightly different early on, I think Varys dies very early because... And I, I think no matter what, Cersei was going to try like hell to get you know, power. And Tywin was going to do whatever. Like, the <laughs> Lannisters, by nature, were going to do whatever they could, and... No, I think Cersei would have been content to keep on keeping on like she was. Like, Cersei didn't want power until... Like, she never ousted her children. It wasn't until after Tywin killed himself that she's like, fuck it. I'm the queen. I'm the Pope now, bitches. That's true. I mean, at times though, she did flex her nuts a little bit, but, yeah, but it was all it was all flexing her nuts to make sure that her, Joffrey, you know, wasn't in danger, or you know, her family wasn't in danger. Rather than, you know, it was all of the events between trying to take power back from Marjorie with the High Sparrow and her, uh, Marcella being killed, Joffrey being killed, and then Tommen killing himself that finally pushed her over to the edge to finally, you know be the the badass who's seeking power for herself and and i gotta say like although they've made cersei i don't even want i don't know what you words to even use i i will say i love the fact that they still kept that one part of her uh i don't know pure or whatever like the fact that she always loved her kids even though she had one asshole of a kid she had one innocent that she couldn't protect and then Tommen just, you know, it, it, I, I like the fact that they still oh, said, I despite think, everything else, she loved her kids. I think it's more along the the line of like she thought she loved her kids, but she was incapable of really, uh, actually feeling maternal love. You know, like showing maternal love. Because hey, as much as I love my son, there are times you have to say no. No Joffrey. No Joffrey. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe not murdering your other son's wife so he commits suicide. You know, all of her friends and shit. I, that, I don't, maybe that's just me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, so, here's my question. I don't think I... I don't remember what the hell I asked in the blog, but if I didn't ask this in the blog, or even if I did, I still want your thoughts. I say the smart thing to do is to cut Bran's arm off, put it someplace, and set up a trap. Because that's where the Night King's going to go. What say you? I say, A, you did not ask that in the blog. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure I meant to, and then I wrote the blog, I'm pretty sure, like, two days later, I was like, shit. Uh, I I don't know if that would work. I mean... Who knows how all the metaphysical shit works? Because, I mean, the Night King touched Bran when Bran was in a vision, so it wasn't like he was actually physically there when he grabbed him. Yeah, I was kind of curious if, like, if, if it actually means his actual arm or if it means that because he touched him, which this oh. whole conversation sounds creepy. Uh, <laughs> hey, I touched Bran. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> 
doesn't mean that, you know, if Bran lost his arm somehow, like, would the Night King still track him, or would the Night King track the arm? I, I'd like to know the answer to that. I'm assuming it's going to be him. You know, like, A, he's he's got, you know, his mark on him, but B, I'm assuming he's also tracking, you know, like, this source of power. Either way, I I'm all for somebody having... A machete, because we don't see machetes ever in this goddamn show. But somebody grabbing a machete and uh, cutting Bran's arm off, and let's see what happens. That That's what I want to see, and I'm sure I'm probably the only person that wants to see it. But I'm curious. Like it, It's a, it's a well, good hypothetical in my you, mind. You don't see a lot of machetes because I don't see much jungle up in the north. You know, I'm, yeah. certain, I'm certain if you were down in the south, you might see some machetes. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the Dothrakis, they, they would like a machete, but, I mean, they had those cool... Well, I don't know. I mean, they live on the plains a lot, but maybe, like, maybe, like, Missandei's people. Mm. You know, they don't yes. know how to fight, but they have machetes because they need to get through the jungle or something. I don't fucking know. Maybe I'm just talking to my ass here. They have to chop through the jungle are. to get to the beach that she and Grey Worm <laughs> are going to sit on. Well, so, speaking of which... The next scene was Grey Worm and Masandi talking, and... What a segue. <laughs> Grey Worm scared those two little girls, <laughs> which was great. And then Grey Worm's like, all right, what are we going to do when the war is over, Danny's enemies are defeated, which it just kind of shows a lot of na- naivete from Grey Worm, thinking that, you know, all enemies are ever going to be defeated. But I think uh, I think it's honest though, because he's like, this this isn't our land, this isn't our people. I mean, look at them; they're fucking afraid of us just because of how we look. Sure. And I, you know, I, you know, like I've given my life to Khaleesi, but she said she set us free. So is that going to mean I'm going to have to be her slave forever, or am I going to be able to choose my own path once this is over with? Technically, he's not under her. Like she says. You know, when she set them free, they were free to join her or walk away. So, I, I, I think they're free to walk away. Uh, more importantly, do you think uh, either of them are ever going to make it to Nath? I unfortunately think they're both uh, on the chopping block. I, I, I would say... I I haven't read any of the responses to the final question on the blog of three people that are going to get got, but Grey Worm's definitely a big candidate to die in this next episode, I think. I don't know. Uh, I think think he's dead. Grey Grey Worm's on borrowed time. I thought Grey Worm was actually going to die back in season season five. Or uh, season six, when they did that whole... um, when they took Casterly Rock and then uh, the army showed up? Yes, yes. I, yeah. yeah, there's been plenty of times I didn't think he was going to make it, and he's made it this long, and it's been great, but he just seems like a character that's destined to die before it's over with. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was fine. I And I could see like some of the Unsullied taking Masandi to Noth, but that'd kind of be pointless. And... They don't have time to waste to show that, so... Oh, I mean, that's assuming that she survives, too, so... Yeah, I'd like to see her survive. I also really enjoyed just 
I think it was yesterday watching that episode where <laughs> Grey Worm's like taking a bath and like he's he's checking her out when she's nude, and they have that nice awkward conversation. I love that. It was good stuff. Um, next scene: Sam asks John if he told Danny who he is yet. Ghost is just chilling. Ed joins them. Their watch begins. I, I like how I was talking to my brother, and he's like, where the fuck has Ghost been? He just fucking shows up out of fucking nowhere, and he's on the wall. I'm like, well, you were asking if we were going to get to see him. I'm like, we got to see him. It's just Ghost and Nymeria that's still left, right? Uh, Shaggy Dog died. Yeah. Uh, Lady, Lady died. died. Uh. I- Rob's dog died. Rob's dog died. Did Summer die? That was Brant's. <sighs> Ooh. Summer may have died, like, when the Whites came after. Yeah, I don't remember. Like, the the Hold the Door episode, I bet. that That's my guess, at least. Yeah, because I, I, don't, I don't think he was... Well, I don't remember him being under the ground, either. So did he die before? I don't, I don't fucking remember. Yeah, I don't remember. Come next week, I can give you an answer to that. Because I'll be... Caught well, up you to know, that point. You know Google. Oh, we have a thing called the internet where we can look up any possible thing and get an answer within seconds? Tell that to my parents' generation. They won't believe you. Oh, okay. So, uh, Summer dies to attack the white, sacrificing the li- the, his life in order to save his master. So yeah, gotcha. he, died in, he died in the hold the door. Okay, so there we go. Um, I I like the whole their watch begins. I, 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 there's something cool about the the fucking the fuck man. The guys on the wall. What the fuck were they called again? The Night's Watch. Uh, yeah, Jesus Christ, my mind is whatever. But oh, it's, uh, almost, it's almost like watching something about you know the French Foreign Legion having to hold like a fucking. You know, fort in Madagascar against fucking onslaughts of pirates or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what I liked about this 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 episode, yeah, this scene. My God, I really need to get some sleep. Uh, I like that John's like Sam. Why don't you just stay in the crypt? And Sam's like, Hey, hey, you know, I was the first dude that killed a White Walker. Yeah, that was and awesome. I killed Sam some thugs. <laughs> And then, like, Ed's like, no, it's not... He's just like, it's just then. I don't know. I I, I liked it. It was a nut... What was his... Like, this whole season's been callbacks to, like, past seasons, which I I, I like that. What was Ed's line? Samuel Tarly killing a White Walker, sleeping with women. God, we know the fucking world's coming to an end. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. God damn it. Uh, Yeah. Ed's a funny dude, and I was trying to figure out when the hell Gren died, and I'd forgotten all about that fucking scene where they had to hold the gate under the giant from the giants, yeah, in the uh, the battle for the wall. I I when I was rewatching that yesterday, I'm sitting there and I actually really remembered like the day that I first saw that episode and getting so pumped about fucking the giant because. I don't know. I'm a fan of giants, and uh, I was very curious how that shit was going to go down. So I don't know. I remember exactly where I was watching that particular scene. Um, 
anyway, it was just a nice, another, I would say at least three quarters of this episode was just like nice scenes that were fun, uh, or nostalgic, whatever. It was good. Um, all right. So the 13th scene is the scene that I think is the best. Tyrion, Jamie are drinking and this leads to Bree and Podrick. Then Davos comes and hogs all the f- the heat. Then Torbon <laughs> creeps in, and first of all, Tyrion asks Tormund if he wants a drink, and Tormund like does like the cheesiest thing, almost like a fucking Captain Morgan thing. <laughs> raises his horn and says, "Brought me own." <laughs> and I'm like, "How's that not like a commercial already for some kind of alcohol? Because that needs to happen." And. and <sighs> Then Tormund gives Jamie the whole fucking story about <laughs> being called Giant's Bane and suckling at the teeth of some giant that he slayed when he was ten, and he dripping fucking milk. God damn it! This was just amazing. My wife looked at me when that scene was over. She's like, "Do you think they actually told everybody what he was going to be saying, or did they just say, hey, Tormund's going to say something? Sit there and <laughs> just watch I, it.'" <laughs> I hope that they just gave like they didn't tell anybody because. Yeah. Their reactions were priceless. You can see there are a couple people trying not to laugh while he's fucking going off. <laughs> uh, I crawled into bed with her and suckled from her teeth for three months. That's how it grew so big. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what that scene reminds me of. And I know it's like very opposite things, but the funny aspect of it, it reminds me of the lineup scene in The Usual Suspect when Benicio Del Toro is just fucking a flipping for real. I fucking flip him. I fucking flip him. What is it, Thursday already? <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what that scene reminded me of, because you could just see people, like, wanting to fucking burst out laughing. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Th- this was my favorite scene. Oh, give me the keys, uh, you cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> give me the keys. <laughs> oh, Brian Singer, why did you have to go fucking ruin that for me? <laughs> Oh, shit. So, I mean, there's really not much to say, but this had to be the most entertaining scene, right? Like, this was for the, you? Th- this was the heart of the episode. The whole, I mean, there's a break in it, but, you know, just the whole group of them. Right. Yeah, because we'll Speaking, come back to them. having characters growth, you know, that was, that was what really made the episode stand out for me. Actually, you know what? Screw it, because that's the last, like, let's go right into the, like, I'm just... I'll go back, but I mean, a few minutes later in the show, basically, you know, uh, we fu- they say that Brand's not a fucking knight, and Tormund's like, you know, getting outraged and fuck tradition. If and I was a king, I'd knight you ten times. <laughs> <laughs> not ten times over. <laughs> and then you know, Jamie does the knight thing. Like, uh, it was it was really good. I, you know I'm not a fan of Bree, but I liked Bree in this episode. It was um it was it was nice to see a character get what they wanted. And unfortunately, <laughs> like set her up for fucking death right in the next episode because she's got everything that she ever wanted. Yeah, it it alright. Let's 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 be real here. Either Bree or Jamie's dying next episode sacrificing for the other. Brian's if that nice. doesn't happen, I will shave my head. 
Brienne's dying, and I have a... To get back to what I was talking about earlier, I think that the whole reason Jamie isn't... There's two reasons. A, Jamie needs to have a scene with Cersei before he dies. Ooh. Okay. Otherwise, they're, they're losing out on a ton of fucking character shit that could go on, especially because of, like, how much the two of them mean to each other. But, uh... But also, Bronn hasn't gotten to, uh... to Winterfell yet. So, like, if they kill Jaime, and they kill Tyrion, and then Bronn gets there, what the fuck was the whole point of giving him the crossbow and tempting him, you know, with... The payoff's not there, yeah. With having to choose one way or the other. Wasn't you? Su- were you surprised that we didn't see Braun at all in this episode? Because well, I was a little. What I'm curious about, because you know, they've like Battle of the Bastards, uh, Battle of Blackwater Bay, the Battle for the Wall. They were all episodes where they stuck with just one area the entire time. Um, yeah, but from what I'm understanding, I think this next episode is supposed to be about an hour longer. Almost two to two and a half hours, if I remember correctly. This so, is probably the biggest episode of the season, so, right? So I'm curious is if they're going to do like all two and a half hours at Winterfell, or if they're going to do breaks, you know, to break between tension and shoot down to what the hell's going on in uh, King's Landing as a break. Honestly, this could be like the most action-packed movie of all time. Yeah. Like that's possibly that's, that's what I'm we're doing because with. like the the only thing I was going to say is like it's it's good to keep it's easy to keep tension for an hour you know but uh, if you keep that kind of tension up for two and a half hours you know that's a lot of fucking stress to put on people. It is, but they have enough characters where it's doable at the very least. But yeah, it's huh. I hate your logic, Chris, because now you got me thinking that Jamie's probably going to survive, even though I was willing to bet anything that Jamie's going to get got, because half the scenes in this episode featured him, and just seemed like a his death toll, but, uh... Ha! You're... you're even, if, even if I say that they don't need another Cersei and Jamie scene, because I don't think they... I don't think it's necessary, but I think it's most likely oh. going to happen. Oh, think think about how it was when he left. He he didn't realize how close he was to just dying. You know. Yeah. He he doesn't you know realize like she's fucking lost her mind at this point. Yeah. Uh, I I can just envision though a scene where Tyrion comes to Cersei, to Cersei, they they have a conversation, and Jamie's dead, and Cersei fucking loses her shit. I can picture that particular scene. That's why, in my head, I can make an argument saying that Jamie doesn't have to live for that story to see, continue. I could I could see it being more along the lines that Bronn shows up, Bronn kills Tyrion, uh. Which causes Jamie to finally fucking lose it. So when he sees Cersei, he's like, it's over. I'm fucking done with you, blah, blah, blah. And then fucking the mountain kills Jamie. Oof. And then we get Clegane Ball. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've often, I know I've heard a lot of people say that it, it 
a lot of people felt it was inevitable that Cersei and Jamie were going to die in the same episode, and I could still, I still think that's a viable option. Um, I don't know. There's there's a lot of options. Uh, we could all be wrong. Cersei could be the fucking Iron Queen for the rest of the fuck. It could be Cersei and the fucking Night King. Yeah, yeah, it could be. It, it, for all we know, it could be the Mountain and, and the Hound ruling all of Westeros when all is said and done. Despite that you being know, the most unlikely scenario. We're going to actually see one of the others get turned, and the Night King's going to turn Cersei into the Night Queen, and she's going to puke up a little Mr. Ball-likes. And then they're going to chow down on you know, all the dead people in King's Landing, and then a thousand years later, we have Santa Clarita Diet. <laughs> well, goddamn. <laughs> I'm, I must say, though, you're not the first person that I've heard speculate that Cersei gets turned I, into... I, it would. It's going to be majorly different from what happens if the Night King doesn't buy it by the end of episode. This next episode, you know, like at, at that point, I'm going to be like, I have no idea how the fuck they're going to fucking end any of this. If 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 the Night King's dead by the end of this coming episode, you can kind of see the path that the show's on. If yeah. he's not dead by the end of this episode, all theories are going to be really scattered. Big time, I feel. I mean, I, I I have a feeling that the White Walker army is going to be resolved by the end of this episode. Well, I think that's why they're... Yeah. I mean, if, if it wasn't going to be, I feel HBO would have, as I've been arguing with people, and now I feel wrong, but HBO, there's no way they're giving away a two-hour episode when they could get more subscribers so there's got to be a huge reason why this is getting as big and it's it's got to be that particular reason right mm-hmm. I, I got it's got to be well i mean not only that but like somebody was saying well you know like i think one of the questions were like uh, you asked was do you think it's all going to take place in winterfell or are they going to have to flee there's no way that they could flee like i mean they the the white walkers have horses the the wraith the whites, whatever you want to call them, have horses. You know, they have that available. Uh, You know, you've got... I don't know how many people they want to pretend there, but thousands of people at the very minimum. You know, thousands of non-combatants. You know, if they have to flee, if they lose the castle, all those people are going to fucking die. You know, the only people who would potentially live from the north would be who could get away on the dragons. And I don't really see Game of Thrones killing off, you know, 95% of its cast halfway through the season. That would be a ballsy, ballsy, ballsy move that would probably get like half the audience to be like, nope, I'm not watching the, how this ends. So, knowing that, that's probably not happening. But, let's, uh, let's finish off the last few scenes and then we'll wrap this up here. Um, not that there's a lot going on here, but we did have Arya with the Hound and... Uh, Barrack. <laughs> I I I enjoyed it. It was just a quick scene, but anything with Arya and the Hound, I'm always down with. And it was just I, this, I, if you start preaching, I'm gonna make the Lord of Light question why he brought you back 18 times <laughs> to die the 19th time when I throw you over the fucking wall. <laughs> I, I loved when when Hound's like, wasn't he on your list? For, and she's like, yeah, for a little while. <laughs> So it was just it was a really good 
it, it was a good scene. What are you doing for? What are you, who are you fighting for? I fucking fought for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, the Hound really. Yeah. Um, after that, we had Gendry and Arya, and he gave her the spear, <laughs> and you could take that every was, which way. I sucked in with my brother, and he was like, "My wife was like." No, are you? No, I've known you since you were 12. My brother's like, I didn't look away. I was like, yeah, I didn't either. Oh, God, no. <laughs> was that, like, that, that, was, that, was a, that was a moment that... I was like, I didn't even feel fucking dirty for checking this. Nope. I, I was totally stoked. I'm like, only guys will understand. Like, I, I feel so many women would have that exact reaction. I'm just like, no, no guilt whatsoever. Uh, that was that was quality, and you know I was totally happy because just last week I was like I want Gendry and Arya to fucking I want them to rule. But but, but to go into that, I don't I, after that I don't see that happening. Yeah, I know the, the whole the whole afterface where she's just like, eh, I did it to do it, but that yeah. wasn't as satisfying as I was hoping, or that or it's the. It was either that or the look of inevitably one of us are going to die. Yeah. So, I mean, at that point, I was like, well, I, as cool as it would be, I just don't see that happening. So, someone's dying. Yeah, and I have a bad feeling it's going to be my, my, my man Gendry. Because he's served his purpose, I think. I Like, he, he made it through. He made all the weapons he's there's no more purpose left for him to serve because he's nobody's going to really vouch for him to be the ruler like how many people even know at this point <sighs> davos well, davos uh melisandre melisandre aria right yeah he told her um did Tyrion? Tyrion, i he might, John might. I don't remember, like, I don't remember if if Gendry told them all when he was on, during, like, the the yeah. the macho eight-man North of the Wall episode. <laughs> Great episode. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. It, see, like, last week when I asked that question on the blog, I'm sitting there thinking, like, God damn it. Like, Gendry and John both only have, like, this single-digit amount of people that can vouch for them. And it, it's... I don't know, like, nobody has, like... It, it's weird, like, when they say, like, I have the claim to the throne. Well, how does that... How is that determined anymore? Because once it's overthrown, does family lineage matter from the old regime? Uh, like, uh, like, like, like... Like, in real I mean, life... When, when that asked, happened, when you asked that last week, I mean that's why I was like, ultimately it depends on who wins because they get to determine how um, how it matters. But um, winners write history, exactly. But uh, well, like the the whole the whole reason Robert over everybody else during the rebellion ended up taking the throne was because he had a Targaryen uh, ancestor in his family. Otherwise, you might have seen Tywin try to take it, or you know somebody else try to take it. But 
they were, he was like, well, you know, we disposed the crazy Baratheons. I'm still a Baratheon by blood, you know, a little bit. So it went to him. But, uh, Fair enough. you know, like, uh, as soon, by the old way, as soon as the king died, it would have gone to his eldest son, who would have been Rhaegar. And as soon as Rhaegar died, it would have gone to his eldest son, who would have been John. You know, if Rhaegar's other children had been alive, uh, it would have gone to those children. But since they were killed by the mountain, uh, All right. it would have gone to John. Here's my question, if, though, like... If John, if John had been a bastard, it would have passed by Rhaegar once he died, and it would have gone to Viserys. And once Viserys died, it would have gone to Daenerys. I get all of that. What I'm saying, though, is like in real life, we, we've had to have had, you know, people, families rule for, you know, generations, and then it get taken over. At that point, once it's taken over... The old family no longer has any claim unless they go and take it back. That would that be accurate? Uh, well, I mean, most of the time when they do that, they kill the old family. So there's there's no arguing with it. But yeah, which I mean, is sh- what they quintessentially tried doing. Shit, yeah, shit, shit gets crazy all the time. Like, look at the whole hundred years war between between England and France. It was basically this situation. Uh, you know the. The English king was a, a duke in France, and the French king was like, "You're gonna fucking pay me all my shit and stuff." You know, it was also I think I want to say the dude's uncle or nephew or something. They were, he's like, "You're gonna pay me fucking all sorts of shit, or I'm gonna fucking invade you." And dude's like, "Uh, what?" He's like, "I'm a fucking king too, dude." I, all right, I have to be this guy to ask this dickish question, but I have to ask it. At no point. That I can recall, and I've been rewatching. Have I heard them remotely use the term English language, and yet they talk about all these other languages that exist, and they don't even use the metric system. They use American like feet, and like they specifically use American measurements. And am I the only one that finds that just kind of weird? Yes. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm just like it, it's weird. Like it, I, I can I can accept the English thing because you know people are going to speak in English so that the audience can watch it and enjoy it. I get it, and I, I understand why they don't ever necessarily say English, but they will say you know old Valerian whatever. Like they all these Bravosian languages, all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. I, I can understand them not specifically saying English. I, I get it. But the measurements, I found that so weird. That if you're going to pick a measurement that is used today, I would just think you would go with the metric system. It would just make more sense. I don't know. Am I nitpicking here? Uh, Am I I overthinking this? Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm guilty of that often. So I accept that. Uh, All right. Let's get back here. All right, so... All right. Jorah, Lyanna Mormont, bickering. Lyanna's going to fight. Sam gave Jorah his father's sword. And as nice of a scene as that was, let's talk about Lyanna on the fucking battlefield. Are you not excited for this? I don't know what she's going to do. Like, she can't even fucking hold a sword. 
I feel like Arya should just give her needle at this point, because that's about what she could hold, right? Uh, not yet. I mean, she's younger than Arya was when Arya got needle. <sighs> like, I, I feel Lyanna being on the battlefield does more harm than it does good because she's going to have men trying to get in the way uh, to protect her rather than just fighting their fight. You know what I mean? Yes. I completely agree. It's stupid for her to be there, and I have a feeling she's dead. Plus, I mean, you want... I mean, the, if the theory is to keep Tyrion in the crypt because you need good leaders in case, you know, whatever situation, she's like the perfect person to be in the crypt because she's a great leader. Everybody likes her as a leader, and yet she's going to be fighting in it. Yeah. Uh, any... I don't know, do you see the possibility of Jorah risking his life for her? Yeah. I yeah. see the possibility of it. Whether or not it's actually going to happen, you know, we'll have to see. I'd give it like a 20% chance, but it did cross my mind. Um, really liked the Podrick song, Jenny Dancing with Ghost. I really liked the performance during the credits. I, I really liked... I, don't, I didn't catch who sang it. I don't even know if they... I watched the credits by must have missed if they said who sang it but i i enjoy all of their original songs on on the show yeah and this song worked well for this episode and they didn't bring in ed sheeran for fucking something that made no sense so it was great for me yeah that's gonna never that's gonna that be, happened that's gonna be my i'm gonna keep dying why was ed sheeran in that fucking episode it, <laughs> what was the, the point of that scene the best part about being like completely ignorant of so much pop culture, especially music, is that I'm like, I know the name, but I don't know who the fuck he like. People like he was Ed Sheeran was on. I'm like, who who was he? I, I I had no idea. And then people are like, you're a fucking idiot. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I don't even know like a single song that he's ever sung. So I'm fine being an idiot. I, I really am. Sometimes it you know. Ignorance is bliss in that particular instance, in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, and then let's wrap it up with uh, John and Danny met in the crypts. And I liked how John told her the story. And I loved Danny's reaction about how it's impossible. And then she's like, oh, well, it's a little convenient. That was your brother and your best friend that found this out. Very convenient, huh? As I framed it in the blog, I was like, she's like, listen, dude, your bro and your bra are fucking telling you that you're fucking the king. It's like, what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, it's the reaction she should have had. And not that I liked any anymore or any less for that. I'm just saying, like, that is the exact reaction anybody would have had in that particular instance, I feel. Right? Yeah. I mean, I think it's it's funny that she's like, I don't, know, I don't know if it's ironic or funny or what, but I think it's like she's ready to kill Jamie because her mad king father was murdered as he was about ready to burn millions of people to death. And yet she's willing to believe, yeah, it's funny. Everybody always said Rhaegar was so kind, but he was raping your aunt all the time. He was just raping her, just fucking in there, raping her. I was just like, <laughs> well, you know, it- believe the worst about your brother and the best about your father. Yeah, it's just choosing what you want to believe instead of, you know, using common sense, I, I guess. I, 
the psychology of Danny, and uh, let me ask you this, since you've read the books. Do you feel, I mean, obviously they go more in depth, but from the books, is Danny more sympathetic on the page or on the screen? Uh, yeah, I think more sympathetic on the, the page. I mean, she's one of the main characters. Like, I want to say there's maybe like 17-ish or so characters that we've seen through point of view with. So, um, you know, you get a lot more from her. Like, they're able to show much more perspective in the show because they can show, you know, the events from everybody happening all at the same time. Well, in the book, you're only seeing stuff from one person at a time. So, uh, yeah, I think she's more sympathetic in the books. But again, we've gone past where the books have gone, so it's just been the the showrunners writing how they perceive her shit going on. Fair enough. <clears throat> All right, so, with that being said, uh, now is the appropriate time... Uh, for any predictions because shit's going down next week. We are going to lose some main characters that we have grown to like and or love. Um, I'm looking. I, I opened up the blog now and I'm seeing a lot of Grey Worm, which I've noticed at least two people have Grey Worm as one single word. A little disheartening. Uh, Jamie appears on there a little bit. Jorah's on there. Theon's on there a lot. Uh, man. I, I feel like somebody that isn't obvious is going to die, though. Well, let's just go through people. <laughs> okay. I don't think John or Danny's dying. Although I'd be very happy if Danny died, because that would make things a lot easier. What about the dragons? Drogon has to live. The other one, because I can't remember their fucking names. I could see the two dragons like somehow like canceling each other out somehow. But then you wouldn't have John and Danny riding dragons into King's Landing. Alright, I'm gonna say neither dragon dies. Alright, what about Sansa? No, because the writers hate me. What about Arya? Fucking fifty-fifty. She, yeah, uh, she might she might be like number seven or eight on my list. Yeah. Uh, all right. So Tyrion. Tyrion, I'm one hundred percent safe. See, on the other hand, I really feel that there was a lot of foreshadowing about throwing all the non-combatants into the crypt where all the dead people are. Oh shit. So I'm I'm assuming some people. Uh, you know what? I really feel. Like, I don't know if Sam's going to live, but I have a feeling Gilly's fucking dying. I could see that. And by the way, they made little Sam grow up quite a bit. Um, Like, you only saw him for like two seconds, but I was like, oh, he got really big. They probably, it's not even so much that they made him grow up. It's like, he actually just grew up and they're like, oh, fuck it, we're not recasting him. That's too much. (laughs) Right, makes sense, yeah. Uh, So, I mean, that, that puts to me, like, possibility for like a lot of the non-combatants to fucking get got sure especially like Uh, imagine like 
all of the Star- old Stark relatives rise up and fucking kill the Stark. Like ki- that would fucking oh. fuck my mind. Like Sansa gets killed by. All of her <laughs> I didn't think about that, and god damn it, that would. <sighs> but, but that puts but that puts Gilly varies. Uh, I'm not sure. Do you think um, Ver- Davos would be down there, or do you think he's going to be like up on the wall with the fucking the other dudes? Davos is going to be up. He's going to be because uh, Breeze. I think they said Breeze got the west side. I'm yeah. guessing Davos is going to be east side. So I mean, that just I'm like that puts a lot of potential people at risk. Yeah, I mean, they don't have much guardians. They have the little girl. She's one of the most gangster people down there. Yeah, I mean, think about it. They could have had her and Leanna, but Leanna's fucking everybody over by fucking going down to combat, so... Right, yeah. Uh, Which would also make sense for Arya to have stayed down there, but nobody would ever convince her of it. That just wouldn't happen. Yes. So, all right. Uh, What about Bran? Or the Three-Eyed Raven? Um... I I mean, all right. What did you think of the whole Sam, like, your history and blah blah blah? And I thought that speech was kind of fucking cheesy. I felt, in some way, I was like, are they foreshadowing that this is how this show ends? That that's that was like what was in the back of my mind was, Brand dies, history dies with him. I don't know. Uh, I think That's it's, I think it's a little more depressing. Like if if I see anything being cliche, I see it being like Bran later on down the road, you know, writing about all this shit that happened, you know, putting it in the book and like closing the book as the very fucking ending scene of the fucking show or something. <laughs> I will Bran be like in modern day like society just having written this whole book and be like, haha, I just made myself the hero. <laughs> he's like he's like, fuck you, George R. R. Martin, I finished. <laughs> that would be amazing. <laughs> I really don't I don't think George would be coming back to HBO for anything after that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Fucking <laughs> Oh god, like what was it? It was Stand By Me that had, like, that ending, right? Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, like, it, it, a lot of it would depend on, like, if the Night King died. For, like, it would be really depressing if they're like, you know, the whole Night King's whole purpose is to kill Bran in this battle. And then he kills Bran and doesn't die. That would be, like, super fucking depressing. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, there's a chance. I If you think about... I think Bran's one of the... I think Theon is definitely going to die saving Bran somehow. Whether or not Bran actually gets saved, saved, or, you know, it's just a temporary thing. Theon's fucking gone. Good. Get rid of fucking Reek. I- I'm yeah. so on board with him dying. I've been on that train for a while, so, yeah. Uh, who else? Yeah, Bran-, Bran got everything that she wanted, except for maybe kissing Barret- or, uh, Jamie. So, yeah, she's gone. I have a feeling Beric is going to die in this. And, yeah, Beric's going to die because I think, like I said, the Hound is still my pick for his Zora High, and Beric has to die for that to happen, in my opinion. Well, I, I don't think he has to die for it to happen because, you know, he's not a Zora's High. He's, he said it himself. He's just, a, you know, another follower of the Lord of Light. But um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like 
in the world of like TV and movies, I feel like Barrick almost has to die. Oh, yeah, because you've you've been to TV tropes before. Right. It just makes sense. Um, Grey Worm. I, I, a lot of people say Grey Worm. Grey Worm Go get Grey Worm's dead. Missandei has a chance to be killed since she's going to be in the crypt. Uh... As much as I would like Pod to live, I have a feeling Pod's on the fucking shopping block too. They gave him this fucking singing scene. Ah, uh, that's he's never gonna be able to please the uh, whores of King's Landing again, though. I would. Uh, somebody said you know they should see Sansa ending up with Pod. I was like that would be a good couple because he would just well, like for her because he would just like fucking do whatever she said. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, who else was I fucking thinking? Um. Well, Varys. Varys has a chance to die now because he's going to be in the crypt. Tormund has a chance to die because he's going to be out there. Uh, I have a feeling Ed's going to die. Uh, I I think Ed is going to die. I I think Tormund or Bree is going to die. <clears throat> like, see, there's that weird triangle with Jamie, Tormund, and Brienne. Would they have Brienne just? be the only one that died there see you think? Uh, they might i mean because because like i said last year if like Tormund is basically the only wildling that we know now yeah they they pretty much killed them off in the battle of the bastards right like the rest of the wildlings uh, i mean they right they just never really bothered to introduce any new ones you know ever to to make it so he's the only point of view character we have from that point of view yeah i mean gilly's one but she's not going around and being involved in battles and all that shit so if they're going to yeah. pretend still that the wildlings are a good portion of the forces from the north and then they kill the only person I mean then th- that would be like you know we don't see much with the Dothraki but we still see Dothraki around all the time to you know remind us right. that they're still there that makes sense so I don't know. Um, I'm like 50-50 on him but yeah, I mean I've I don't think we lose any of the, the really major players, you know, like the people who I would say would have their names above the title this week. But I think we lose a shit ton of fucking minor people. I ha- I, I, God, there, there's a part of me that says... Alright, here's a question. If the show was to kill off John or Danny... Would this be the episode to do it, or would it be like the fifth or sixth episode to do it? I almost feel like it would be neglecting the fact that they've just brought tension in between the two of them. Agreed. If they if they did it now, I, that would, it would be like if they killed Jamie and Tyrion, and then Bronn shows up and he's like, "Oh well, I guess I got a whole bunch of gold and a really cool crossbow, and now I don't have to kill my friends." Kind of shit, you know what I mean? I'm definitely say, I, I think Bronn's showing up to save. Bronn's going to be the fighter that saves them in the crypts, perhaps. Maybe. I mean, that would. That would be. I uh, guess badass. I mean, who, maybe he'll finally get to actually sleep with a prostitute without being interrupted afterwards. You know, I don't know. No. No. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> it. No. You know, the Hound, do you see he's going to be on the battlefield most likely? If if they kill him before he fights his brother, so many people are going to be pissed off. I I think that would be one of the things that would cause fans to quote-unquote riot. I really do. 
I mean, they've been building up to it since fucking season one, so if they don't show it to us, that's kind of like a fucking big-ass letdown. I almost feel like the Hound would have been good, better served. Well, I know he's such a badass, but, like, they didn't give him, like, a special... Did they give him a special weapon? Gendry made him that uh, dragon battle Dragonstone Battle Axe, yeah. Okay, yeah. All right, so he's going half beyond the battlefield. Okay. I was like, Hound would have really been good to kept keep in the crypts. Like, now that you got me thinking about the goddamn crypts, I'm sitting here thinking, like, they should have at least one warrior fucking stay down there with them. Uh, but, and he, he would have been a good choice. Because he really has protected a lot of people and killed a lot of people, but that's his charm. All right. Let me ask you this. Of everybody that has a really good chance of dying, who do you think is going to... If you had to pick like one of the five characters that seems most likely to die, and you had to pick one that you say is going to live? Uh, all right. Like, if I had to pick all right, someone let's to die, say, one person to die and one person to live? I'm saying that, all right, we... If, if we said the top five people guessed to die would be Theon, Grey Worm, Brienne, Jorah... <sighs> I don't know who the other... Alright, if we just say those four, who's the most likely to survive of those four? Hmm. Let's say Jorah. Fair enough. I could see that. Uh, I would. I would pick Theon just to spite myself. That that would be. Uh, yeah. It's the, like Theon's arc is done. Brienne's arc is pretty much done. Grey Worm's arc is done. I mean, I don't know. Like Grey Worm, if he pulls it off. Uh, yeah, he'll, if he pulls it off now, he's gonna live to the ending, and then he and Missandei are gonna go to Noth, and they're gonna fucking. Maybe adopt kids since they can't have them. I don't know, but uh, yeah, that, yeah. That, like a lot of it's just going to depend on who makes it through this week, right? And I'm excited. By the well, I I assume you probably noticed that we have a new person uh, contributing to the blog this week, so I'm excited about that. Yeah, it looked like we had a couple more than normal. Um. As far as I know, we just uh, we, we just had Johnny. I mean, we added Chris B last week, and now we got Johnny this week. So we we grew in size, like the Grinch's heart. So that's a positive. Uh, I don't know. Is there anything else we need to talk about before we end this thing? My brother was laughing. He's like, "So how many people are going to try to give Jorah a fucking uh, sword before the end of the show?" Ah, uh, at least four more people. <laughs> at least. Um, gosh. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm just excited. And the thing for me is that it starts at 9, right? Like, they haven't changed the start time, correct? Right. Like, I'm usually sleeping at 9, and I... Like, do I wake myself up and force myself to stay awake... Or do I just get the good night's sleep and wake up 
fully wide awake and alert to appreciate it. And I think I gotta go the latter option. All I know is it's gonna suck because I'm working Sunday night again, so I'm gonna have to watch it Monday morning. And since it's gonna be an extra hour, that means I'm gonna have an extra hour less sleep before I go to work Monday night. So, so you're gonna be thrilled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Well, um, we'll be back again next week to discuss a. You know, next week it's either going. Next week's podcast could actually be really short because it's gonna be so action-packed that's really not the action-packed ones are actually quicker podcasts because there's not a whole lot to say but the body count is probably going to be where we get most of our content I would guess next week uh, you know one of the things I really like about this season is who the fuck knows like yeah we, we we're going in this expecting something it could be completely different from what we would be like holy shit fucking Danny's dead John's dead fucking Night King has the entire north now what the fuck's going on Cersei's the hero so you know it could be it could be something completely different you know it could go exactly as we're expecting it to go e- either way like I'm just liking I, I like how they've done this season Grant the last two episodes haven't done a, a ton but they've done enough to make this episode seem ridiculously huge and it's going like it was perfect they've used the pet these first two episodes perfectly to make this third episode feel as epic as possible and i hate that term epic because fucking millennials have ruined it but this is as close to a fucking epic episode as we're gonna get i think yeah. Oh no, Blackwater, man. Reverse Nine Deuce, episode 29. <laughs> you know, that that episode has a 9.2 on IMDb last I checked. I was like, yep, still my favorite episode in some ways. So, it, I, you know, just randomly, I have to say, I, I, obviously, I just rewatched The Mountain vs. Oberyn. And I remember, like, thinking, like, oh, that was a brutal death. Watching again, goddamn, that is a fucking brutal fucking death. Oh, yeah. Like, the fact that they show all of it fucking. I, I'm, I'm not sure if I've seen a more brutal death on a TV show. What about I've seen fucking... S- what about Gus in uh, Breaking Bad? Ooh. That one was really... I think Oberyn was more brutal, but Gus... You know, it's like all big shows, I think, all have, like, their one big death. Like, Sons of Anarchy had the fucking Opie death. And uh, despite all the deaths we've seen in Game of Thrones, Oberyn still stands out, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, like, I think back, like, Hannibal, you saw more more gruesome... After death, but you didn't like actually see most of the the kills. You know, I I never saw Hannibal, but I think I bought it on Vudu. It was like dirt cheap, like seven fifty for the whole series. Dude, that is my fucking favorite TV series. Like, if you watch it and you want to be like, I want to do something, I would fucking be there in a fucking heartbeat to do go over that with you. You know, it's interesting that within the past month i've had at least three or four people say like hey if you ever want to go back and like talk about you know for example hannibal or and like there's been other things brought up be like i'd be totally on board and 
it's making me wonder, like, is there an audience to just go back and just talk about shows that were really great that we just never went over? I'm thinking there's a possibility to this. So, uh, I don't know if anybody's listening to this podcast and wants to see something like that happen with either blogs or podcasts. Um, leave us a comment. I'm really curious because I'd be willing to, you know, put the time in. I I, I would because there's a lot of good TV that never got reviewed on the website that oh, yeah. is better than some of the shit that's on. You know, well, definitely after we finish the individual episode by episode, I want to take a week or two, but do like a whole overall Game of Thrones, uh, you know, look back on it discussion. Well, yeah. Well, my idea was to do, like, as I said in that one message to you guys, was to do, like, a lot of top five lists, building up to, uh, like, a final discussion, I guess. But I thought the top five list, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of potential for it to just be short and fun. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's how people look at it. Maybe not, though. Yeah. But... Anyways, uh, so we just gave the fans a little bit of insight as to what to hopefully expect, uh, so that, that's good. Uh, do you have any final thoughts before we end this? I'm really looking forward to next week. Yeah. Today's what? Today's Friday, right? So yeah. in two days. You know, two days. Yeah. Fucking A. All right. So we're excited. Hope you're excited. And with that... Uh, I think we're going to call, call it an episode here. So thank you guys for listening, and we will be back next week. Peace out, yo. I like the word yo.